Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 28 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week, our guest is Pilates instructor, Lisa Peronzo, and she's going to be telling us all about Sully. But first, in some doggy news... In England, a 93-year-old woman was concerned about her Cavalier King Charles Spaniel Toby because she hadn't seen him for a while. She got her family, friends and neighbours to start looking for Toby, but they couldn't find him. Uh, She ended up calling local authorities on the second day of Toby's disappearance. A uh, police officer went round just to do a welfare check on the lady. Um, Apparently something fell to the ground during that visit and when the officer looked down, he saw a small face peering out of him from underneath the lady's recliner. So, unfortunately, Toby... Uh, just got stuck underneath there. And I think I recall hearing something very similar with one of those um, automated stand-up recliners. So if you have a small dog and you have one of those chairs, just be careful. And over in Anchorage, Alaska, there is a musher by the name of Ali Zirkel, she was actually competed in the uh, 2020 Iditarod and came in outstandingly at 18th position, but she has just done a collaboration with some teachers and the education department. Um, was an idea that came from the COVID concerns and people doing homeschooling. Uh, so she's now developed something called the Husky Homeroom. And that is teaching kids all about different subjects where she uses her huskies to help with the lesson plans. So again, that's Husky Homeroom. And if you'd like to support the show, head over to ko-fi.com, the relaxed dog. That's ko-fi.com slash the relaxed dog. It would be greatly appreciated. And now is this week's interview. Welcome to The Relaxed Dog. I'm here with Lisa. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I have to say, I've I've gotten to be a guest on a lot of podcasts, which I'm very grateful for. But this one to get to talk about Sully, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm always excited hearing about all the awesome dogs that we have. So you said Sully. So what is what breed is Sully? Sully is a Pembroke Welsh Corgi. He's a little over eight years old, um, and he's he's my dude. 
I, I actually have two corgis in fairness. Uh, we have another corgi named Daisy, who's a little over three, but she's, you know how like you have your dog, even if you have multiple dogs, there's one that's yours. Sully is mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy is not mine. <laughs> So, like I uh, asked all my guests, take us back in time a little bit before you met Sully and lead us into the events of how that happened. Oh, okay. So, my husband and I, we were in an apartment and he wanted a dog and I was like, no, absolutely not. I didn't, my personal choice, I didn't want to have a dog unless we had a yard for the dog. So, when we moved into a house and we had been there for maybe about like six or eight months, we started talking about getting a dog and we were very intentional with what kind of breed dog to get. So I'm going to guess that you're familiar as your listeners are with the um, animal planet, like channel, maybe. So I don't know if it's as prevalent in Australia, but they have a questionnaire on there because I was like, I don't know what kind of dog to get. But they had a questionnaire on there that you took that would match you with a couple of breeds of dogs that would work the best for you. So I took that and it was between a Corgi and a French Bulldog. And my best friend is an animal trainer and she's worked with dogs before. So I was like, what do you think? And she said, um, in her professional opinion, French Bulldogs were really prone to a lot of health issues Um, you know, I'm not an expert in dog breeding or anything like that. So I I rely on the people around me for stuff like that. And she said, lifestyle wise for how she knew my husband and I, she felt like a Corgi would be a better match. So we started looking into reputable breeders and we're also looking into shelters to see if we could rescue one. And we were looking into shelters to see if we could find a dog as well. And we just, we kind of, didn't have any luck on the shelter side, but we ended up finding this really cool breeder out by us who breeds corgis and then Burmese mountain dogs. And what she would do during the weaning process was switch which mom uh, was weaning the puppies or like going through that process. So Sally was actually, it was very interesting. And I'd never heard of that before. And I haven't heard of that since, but she would switch them. So Sully was actually like completely raised by a Burmese mountain dog. (laughs) So it's, it's funny kind of fast forwarding a little bit that now when he sees corgis in public, he obviously recognizes like, Oh, those are my people, but he gets really excited to see mountain dogs Mm. like soup. And he's like, yes, that's me. I am a big dog. And I'm like, no, you're not. Your legs are so small. (laughs) (laughs) so we did our research and all that we found this breeder and we went to go and meet the puppies and we met his parents as well and stuff like that but (laughs) I remember oh my gosh it was the weirdest experience of all time I think that the breeders were hoarders um there it was just the property was just full of crap there was just stuff everywhere I was a little disconcerted. It felt like I was walking into a horror movie. <laughs> it was a teen thrown off. And we go into their house and they had this really nice area set up for the puppies. And all of the puppies, his, all of his brothers and sisters were running around like crazy. Like 
they had the zoomies. They were just nuts. And Sully was in the back laying down all four legs, just spread out, passed out. Not a care in the world, like chin out. And then he like kind of looked up at us and he was looking at his litter mates like they are nuts. And I looked at him and I told my husband, that's my dog. And he was like, no way. That guy, that dog is kind of overweight. It's okay. And he looks like an old man. And I was like, nope, that's my dog. And that's my dog. That's my dog. And we, it took us like five minutes to even coax him to come over to us. And as soon as he did, and I picked him up and he like kind of nuzzled into me and I was like, yep, you're coming home with me. You're mine. It's done. Nice. And bye. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. yeah, that's it. That, uh, it kind of, it was a little bit of a weird start because uh, my husband is in the military. So we had Sully for about three weeks and then my husband deployed for nine months. And Sully and I, as a result of that, really established an extremely strong bond because it was just he and I. Mm-hmm. And I had to do the, you know, I did puppy school and he's actually a emotional support animal now. And, you know, I did all the things. I socialized him. (laughs) I dressed him up like T-Rex for Halloween, his first Halloween, because I'm that jerk. And (laughs) he was not excited. And I took him with me everywhere. Like, everywhere I went, he was with me. So did you notice much of a change just on that that three-week period after he was bonding with both of you and then your husband went away? No, I noticed more of a change when my husband came home. I noticed that Sully was definitely more attached to me. He'll listen to my husband. Um, and he definitely like loves my husband. He'll go to my husband and all that kind of stuff. But he definitely likes me more. He's like I'm definitely mommy. I'm mommy. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So how were the initial couple of months when you guys were alone? He was a train wreck because he was the puppy who got into everything. It definitely tested um, my patience and I think my adaptability, for lack of a better way of putting it. <laughs> he I, he was a really good dog. He still is a really good dog. He's very smart. He's also extremely stubborn. He definitely needs, like, especially as a puppy, he needed tasks. Like, he needed a job. And so I had to figure out what those were. And if he didn't have a job, he was very disruptive or destructive, I should say. And disruptive, I guess, in my life. <laughs> he ate drywall, like not the corner of the wall, but like the flat part of the wall. I was like, I don't even know how you got that. Um, I was training to become a fitness instructor at the time in Pilates. And I had cash, like m- cash money from my private training clients. I will never forget this. And he ate the money, but he didn't eat all of the money. He ate like pieces out of the dollar bills and like the $5 bills and whatever. And I took him to the bank with me and the money and was like, dude, my dog ate this money. And the the teller looked at me like, you're crazy. And I was like, no, he's right here. Ask him. Like he ate. (laughs) Do a demonstration. (laughs) I was like, do you want to talk to him about this? He's right here. There was a month that every single week we were at the vet because he had gotten into something or gotten sick from something or whatever. 
he ended up getting pink eye at one point. And I was like, I don't even know how you do that as a dog, but okay. Yeah, we spent like $1,300 in a month on vet bills for him. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I kept him alive. <laughs> I don't know how it was <laughs> But yeah, he just became my little dude. I took him swimming, everything. Any uh, favorite sort of toys when he was young? He, well, yes, and it's pretty inappropriate. My co-worker at the time, because I was, I was still in corporate America, I was transferring, you know, into the fitness industry full-time. And one of my co-workers, unfortunately, had lost his dog to cancer. And his way of kind of working through his grief for his dog was to give me all of his dog's toys for Sully. And one of the toys was this huge stuffed walrus because he had a yellow lab. So the yellow lab was like a hundred pounds. Sully is Sully right now is like 30 pounds. So the walrus was bigger than Sully and that became Sully's favorite toy that he liked to hump repeatedly. (laughs) Like it just, it got to the point where I had to hide the walrus and then he figured out where I hid the walrus in my closet and he would stand by the closet door and cry. So eventually I had to throw the walrus out. Cause I was like, no dude, this is like so inappropriate. (laughs) 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 What about any sort of like uh, favorite games and things like that? Does it change much when he was young, but since he was young to now? No, his favorite thing always has been fetch. He loves to play fetch. Um, we would sit, we had like a long hallway from our living room to the front door and we would just throw the ball to the front door and have him bring it back and it would go on for hours. And that translated into, uh, like fetching in the water. He loves to swim. People who say that corgis are not good swimmers are wrong. He's like the Michael Phelps of puppies. He just goes and he'll fetch for nothing in the water. If you throw a rock, he'll try to go get it. Like he's about it. <laughs> he cracks me up. <laughs> oh, very nice. And do you, do you get get to go in the water much? Yes, we're in San Diego, so we're about twenty minutes from the beach. Um, and we actually last weekend we're up in Big Bear, which is a big. It's about three hours from San Diego. It's uh, east of Los Angeles. So to give your listeners kind of more of a context of where it is. And for Southern California, it's like our closest destination to go snowboarding and stuff in the winter. And it has a really big lake. And we took them, well, we took uh, everybody, but he was more excited to go in the lake than anybody else. And as soon as he saw the water and his harness was off, he was like in the water, just swimming out. And I, I think he swam for two hours. Wow. I had to pull him out of the water. He was just so content. He loves the water. That's a big swim for a dog. Oh, he was wrecked after. He was so <laughs> tired. He was like, I'm done. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent, ex- excellent exercise for them, though. Yes, and especially as he gets older, you know, we're very mindful of his joints and stuff. And corgis can be prone to a lot of back problems um, because they're like the low rider dog. So we're very, very conscientious of that as he ages. 
Mm. Although I still call him a puppy. Mm-hmm. He's still my puppy. <laughs> so you mentioned your husband was in the military. Did you guys move around a lot like some other military sort of like families do? We're really fortunate that with his job in the military, we only move if he chooses to move. So we've been in San Diego his whole military career, even though he's done different jobs within, you know, his career. So it's been nice for us because my, I'm from San Diego and my family lives here. So my family has gotten to, you know, see us grow as a married couple and stuff like that. And they've also gotten to, you know, they're around Sully all the time. I think that my dog's favorite person is my dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because every time Grampy comes over, Sully is immediately attached to his leg and like demanding love. And he's not the type of dog to really demand love, but he'll demand it from my dad. Oh, nice. Nice. So he's been fairly stable in his uh, surroundings and bar- in environment then. Yes. We've moved within San Diego, but only once since we've had him. So he's, he's very flexible and easygoing and he has a really laid back temperament. So he kind of rolls with the punches. He likes to go on adventures. He likes to go on car rides. He likes to go to the beach. What he doesn't like to do is go for walks in the neighborhood. That is a problem. (laughs) I think he gets bored and it's not interesting for him. So for me to get him to walk, I have to like positively affirm the dog. I'm not even kidding. You're going to think I'm ridiculous. We probably already do. That's okay. I literally, I'll go, Sully, come on, let's go for a walk. And he immediately goes and lays on the couch. And then it's like 17 (laughs) times later of me telling him, come on. And then I'm like yelling. And then I started, I was like, let's switch up the game and see if I can get him to get off the couch in a different way. So I started telling him. (laughs) but you look so handsome today. Come on, let's go show the neighborhood how good you look. And now he'll get up and like walk. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think there's anything in particular around the neighborhood that sort of like uh, has affected that? No, I think it's just boring for him. I think there's things he'd rather be doing. Napping is probably one of them. (laughs) if i tell him do you want to go for a car ride he's immediately at the back door like our garage door to get into the car but not for walking at all and uh where does he ride when he's in the car he rides in the back seat he really likes to ride in my daughter's booster seat (laughs) (laughs) i guess he gets to to see a little bit more out the window then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes it and he arrives facing front and everything okay yep. so when you mentioned uh, adventures do any of those come to mind at the moment his favorite he really likes to go on hikes um but the last time we took him on a hike he got covered in ticks i didn't know the ticks were bad were bad this year but apparently they were um I think because of COVID and uh, out here, at least in the spring, they shut down a lot of the hiking trails. They didn't want people on them. And I think that that foot traffic through the hiking trails would smash a lot of the ticks and like kill them off. And that didn't happen this year. So the last hike he came home covered in ticks. Mm. (laughs) 
He was so annoyed with us too. Like every time we turned around, we were pulling ticks off this poor dog. But he likes that adventure. Really anything. He's game for anything. Okay. And he sort of had any sort of interesting encounters on, on a trial? No, he hasn't had any interest. We usually go on hikes when it's like a good time of the day to go where there's not a lot of snakes out or like coyotes and we get mountain lions and deer and stuff out here where we live. And we haven't seen a whole lot of those, at least not as of late, which has been nice. And uh, do you think if he had a choice, it would be hiking or beach? Beach. Oh, yeah. Total swimming. He loves swimming. Mm -hmm. He also likes paddle boarding, and he likes going in a kayak, and he likes boats. Oh, uh, nice. Mm -hmm. So how did he get into the, uh, the paddle boarding and the kayaking? Well, we started him off with just a beach. We took him to a bay out here, and I literally threw him in the water because I'm a good mom like that. <laughs> and then how did we? My husband had access to some kayaks. And we just decided to take him with us one day and we stuck him on the front of a kayak and took him out and he was totally good to go. He was so happy. He likes to stand on the edge like Rose in the Titanic movie. <laughs> look over the side. He's super into that. <laughs> um, and he does the same thing on a paddleboard. He likes to walk and look at all at the water and all that kind of stuff. The one thing we've done that he didn't like, we went sail kayaking uh, through one of the bays and the harbors out here. And he was terrified. He absolutely hated it. I think he, he scratched me up really bad just cause he was so stressed. I think it was the sale aspect of it that he wasn't really a fan of. Mm -hmm. That's been the only thing that I've found that he really water related that he hasn't been into. Okay. And at what point of his life did you get, uh, your second corgi. We got Daisy when Sully was right around five years old. Okay. And how did that go? I, <laughs> I mean, he puts up with her. He's not an aggressive dog by any stretch of the imagination at all, which is kind of surprising because he got attacked as a puppy really badly and almost died, which I can tell you about later but when we got daisy he was kind of indifferent to her at first and now he tolerates her <laughs> that's what i would say she's she's much more protective from the forefront he's protective more if he senses a threat she is just protective period um and he's very submissive to her which is really interesting to me. Like if she wants whatever he has, he'll give it up without a fight, including food. He does not care. Um, when they play, he's normally the one that ends up on his back, like showing his stomach, which I, I've been told from dog trainers is more of a submissive move. Mm -hmm. And you know, your audience would know better than me if that's accurate or not. But if they're like playing with a toy and he has it and she wants it. He just drops it. <laughs> <laughs> he does not care. Mm. So he's taking her. 
So you mentioned you had a, a rather nasty incident. Yes, it was. I was pregnant with my daughter, so this was probably about six and a half years ago ish because she just turned six um and my I was working at night at the time and my husband had brought me food and then decided to take Sully to a dog park just to play for a little bit and thank god I wasn't there because I don't know how I would have handled it but my husband said they were there for like less than 30 seconds they literally walked through the gate and these two dogs ran up and just they just attacked him they were rolling him like um, you see alligators or crocodiles like flip when they have prey. Mm. And yeah, I, it was absolutely terrifying. He, I mean, he was covered in cuts and he had bruises and, and all kinds of stuff, but, and bite marks, of course, but the worst bite mark was in his abdomen and the emergency vet said it was less than an inch from his peritoneum and had it punctured that and exposed his intestines to, uh, you know, fresh air, he would have died. Mm, not good. So my husband and my, my husband has some pretty extensive medical training. I give him a lot of credit. I really do because he had to fight the two dogs off of Sully. He ended up punching one in the nose. I guess the owner did not do the owner of the other dogs did not do anything um, got Sully, had the wherewithal to tell the guy, not just that we needed his contact information, but to also take a picture of the guy's identification, his driver's license, Mm -hmm. so that we could report the dogs, um, and come to find out through the owner and also us reporting him because of the severity of the attack that, it was the second time that those dogs had been reported for a dog attack. The owner had made a comment to my husband of, well, this is why I haven't brought my dogs to the park in two years because they did this two years ago, which has me rolling my eyes of like, okay, we need to be responsible pet owners, but okay, that's neither here nor there now. Um, And the guy paid all of Sully's medical bills without a fight. Like he was extremely cooperative But we almost lost Sully as a result of it. My husband said that the puncture wound was so deep that it didn't bleed. Mm. And that's always concerning, even in humans. If you have a puncture wound that doesn't bleed, that's a huge, huge red flag. So my husband got Sully wrapped up, got him to an emergency vet. um, And we stayed up all night waiting for him to come out of surgery. And my best friend's little sister, love her. She's actually a vet. And she was calling the emergency vets, getting us updates, which I am forever grateful for. So we got him back the next day and he had, the vet said that they had to trim out so much dead skin because of how deep the puncture wound was that Sully has an incision mark that goes essentially from his rib cage to his genitalia. Mm. He had two drains. He had stitches and then staples on top of that. He was so uncomfortable. He couldn't even lay down. Like it hurt him too much. And when they shaved, they shaved his whole abdominal wall for the surgery. And you could just see bite mark scratches everywhere. Like just everywhere. And um, my boss at the time, love her, gave him 
her dog's Tempur-Pedic dog mattress so that he could, and it was the first thing he was able to lay down on because it was the only thing that felt comfortable for him. But he was in excruciating pain from that. And then when he got recovered from all that, you know, when we were kind of out of the danger zone and stuff, I told my husband, I was like, you know, he's young. He was only like two at the time. I want to make sure that, and I was pregnant as well. Like, I want to make sure that he doesn't have any kind of aggression issues or fear issues with humans or with other dogs. So Mm -hmm. I found this dog trainer out by us who's kind of like the Caesar Milan out here who helped me re-socialize him. And it broke my heart the first time he saw another dog. He tried to climb up my body. He was so scared. Mm. But I get I give that dog trainer a whole lot of credit as well because if you met Sully in person, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Mm-hmm. He's super friendly. He'll go up to other dogs. He greets them very appropriately. He loves people. I call him the family trader because every time we see someone in public, he tries to go home with them. <laughs> <laughs> So we got lucky with him in a lot of different ways. Yeah, quite often uh, something traumatic as that can leave a, a permanent scar on mm-hmm. on dogs and people so much. Right? It's like PTSD for animals. I definitely felt like that there was potential for that. And then seeing him interact with dogs, you know, after he was like, okay to see other animals reinforced it for me. Mm. Uh, at least it was a, a good positive outcome after that. Did it take a long time? It took, he was with that dog trainer for at least three months, maybe even a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, the dog trainer had a really cool facility with like a pool on his property and stuff like that. And, you know, he just, it was so knowledgeable, knew what he was doing. And by the end of it, Sully was able to go swimming with the other dogs and play with the other dog. He was back to how he was before. Wow. And that was what I wanted. Nice. Nice. Did you have any sort of like um, special playmates after that period? <laughs> he has one playmate in particular who is his absolute favorite. Her name is Butters. Butters is also a corgi. It's uh, one of my husband's co-workers, his corgi. And we call Butters Sully's wife. (laughs) (laughs) They are the closest of buddies. And it's really interesting um, to have Butters is rad. She's such a cool dog. And to get her in our house and see how the pack dynamic kind of shifts because Butters becomes the boss. Mm Mm-hmm. All of, I mean, Sully is never the boss <laughs> <laughs> in my house. But if Butters is around, Butters is totally the boss. She's 10. She looks good for 10, too. She's an awesome little puppy. And he just, he loves her. You can say her name and he'll go run to the door and like wait for her to come through. And he gets so excited. And then when she goes home, he gets really sad. Very <laughs> cute. <laughs> That's his best friend, for sure. Mm-hmm. And do you guys go out as a group together or is it more just home visits with, with Butters? It's both, definitely. Yeah, they're pretty fun out in public. They draw a lot of attention. All three corgis out in public, holy moly. People love the corgis now. When we got him, there wasn't as much um, corgi notoriety as it were. Now, everyone is like, oh, you have corgis. <laughs> 
I have to pet him. And as soon as he hears that, he's like, okay. And he just runs up and sits at their feet. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> you have any sort of like, uh, I won't say the word weird, but like individual habits that you can think of? For Sully? Hmm. Uh, I think his most annoying habit is the amount of which he barks now. Um, and that's been a new habit since we've moved into our new house. And I think it's because we back up to like a big open space and there's a lot of wildlife that goes through that space. I mean, we've had scorpions in our backyard and rattlesnakes and coyotes and there's hawks and stuff. So <laughs> I say that he likes to give his news report because he'll run to the back fence and put his paws on the back fence and then stand up and he barks mm-hmm. like crazy. But he doesn't have a whole lot of weird habits. Well, I think probably the weirdest habit is that he always tries to join us in the shower. And if he hears the word shower, he usually starts barking and runs upstairs to it. But I think that's more because he wants to be in the water than anything else. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think the, the majority of dogs get the opposite reaction when you say uh, shower. So. Yeah. Obviously, bath yeah. time he loves. <laughs> oh, he loves bath time. That's probably his favorite time. He also, this is a little, a little bit weird. He really likes to go to the vet. Mm-hmm, and most okay. dogs don't like that. I think they notice when they get there and they're like, oh, God, not Sully. And we had them, both of them boarded at the vet. Daisy loves the vet, too, come to think of it. And they'll, like, keep the dogs at the front desk with them when they're being boarded like the receptionists as like the greeters for the day or something okay (laughs) i was just going to say hopefully they're not making too many visits to the vet (laughs) apart from (laughs) checkups oh thank goodness not now (laughs) done that (laughs) we've done that enough (laughs) so he likes his his bath time uh other grooming things are all right oh yeah he When my husband deploys, I usually have a mobile groomer come out and groom them. Corgis have really, really thick coats. Um, And bathing two of them sometimes can get to be a bit much. But he loves it. He's like, okay, yeah, you can wash me, blow dry my hair. (laughs) I'm good. Comes in with his bandana on, feeling great about himself. (laughs) He's totally fine. Oh, nice. And and any issues doing the trimming the nails or anything like that? Uh, He does have one. Yes, there is one. He broke a toe maybe five years ago. And so his pointer finger on his right paw points out to the side. We call it his crack clock. The thing just grows and grows. So we have to get that one like professionally trimmed because he won't let my husband and I trim it at all. Like we can't take a Dremel to it. We can't do anything, Mm. but it doesn't, you know how like dogs pause when they walk on like sidewalk or asphalt or whatever, naturally trims the claws down. That one, since it sticks out at a weird angle, it won't trim. Mm -hmm. So it has to be trimmed on its own. (laughs) He doesn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) So do did you ever take him to with your like classes or places where where you do work 
Yeah, he since he's an emotional support animal now, he can go with us anywhere for the ADA laws that are uh, in America. Mm-hmm. So he totally he's good to travel wherever. When I was getting certified to become a Pilates instructor, he always went with me. And he would go into the studio and wait for me to finish whatever it was that I was doing. Usually not in a class setting, although he has been in when a cl- in the studio when classes have been conducted and he likes to <laughs> go up to the person. Well, he, he likes two things. He either will go up to the person that he senses doesn't like dogs and make that person pet him until they do, or I'll go up to the person that he senses is in the most amount of pain and make them pet him until they calm down. <laughs> uh, excellent assistance there. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I can you well. <laughs> talk us through the uh, process of, you mentioned the emotional support dog. We had to go through, well, you know, puppy school was a thing. And then there's a couple of additional layers of post puppy school. It's like (laughs) you graduate high school and then you have to go get a bachelor's and then master's. And then there's a test you have to take at the end of it that got him certified. So it, it took a few years. A lot of it is getting them past being um, a puppy with that like hyper sense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it for him was, uh, we were working with a dog trainer privately and it was just reading him behaviorally to make sure that he would make a good emotional support animal, which he really does. I'd wanted him to be a full on therapy dog, but the barking is not in accordance with that. And that's not something that we've been able to really get under control. He lives his best life when it comes to vocalization. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, um, but the emotional support animal, he's phenomenal with it. If he senses that you're anxious or that you're stressed or that you're in pain, he will glue himself to you and he will make you pay attention to him until you're not stressed or anxious or in pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's very good. It was almost intuitive to him. So do that for more for personal sort of use or do you use that sort of like outside for any other sort of like public? I haven't used it for public use. It's been more for me. Um, And just, you know, having that original intent of like, let's become a therapy animal and then it didn't happen. It was more of like, all right, well, this will be the next best thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And he Definitely goes with it. And it will be anybody who comes into like our environment. If he senses that they're stressed, he makes them love him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm not leaving you until you calm down. Time to calm down. (laughs) And how can you not? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It gives you something to focus on, you know, and it, it gives you a little bit of distraction. And then you get that like, I don't know if it's a cortisol release or whatever that gets you to calm down. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that um, you do the Pilates. Does Sully do other fitness sort of exercises with you? No, not really. He's he's the water dog and the hiking dog. <laughs> I mean, he'll walk because I don't <laughs> give him a choice, but... <laughs> 
and the fetching puppy. No, not really. That's that's his jam right now. We're we're being really mindful. Like he's, you know, eight is not really old, but it's starting to get up there. So we're being mindful of how much exercise we put him through, so we don't strain him. Mm-hmm. You know, we want him to have a good quality of life as he ages. So we're focusing more on that. Ah, nice. Um, I know you mentioned a couple of things earlier on. One of the sentences I ask everyone to complete is, I can't believe my dog ate. Chocolate pudding (laughs) and didn't die. (laughs) That was when he was a puppy. And he had climbed, I had left it. I don't know why I left it. And it was, luckily the container was pretty much empty, but I had left it on like the end table in our living room and he jumped up on the couch and grabbed it and started licking it. And then when I tried to take it from him, he started running around the house because he thought we were playing chase. (laughs) And I was really, I mean, obviously chocolate and dogs, those Mm -hmm. are two things that don't mix. And I was very worried, like, oh my God, I just killed my dog. Nope, totally fine. Didn't Mm. even make him sick. So I don't know if he just didn't get, an. obviously I'm not going to test this out, but I don't know if he didn't get enough of it or if he just has that strong of a constitution. Yeah, I think it uh, uh, varies on the amount of uh, coca, I think, in the in the product. Oh, and okay. The, how much they ingest and the size of the dog. But, okay. But, uh, it's always better to be safer than sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not too bad. I thought I might have got, you know, <laughs> yeah. after you, when he was doing the drywall, when he was a puppy and other things. Uh, I thought, <laughs> that guy. Yep, he definitely did drywall. One time he ate cat food because we had uh, cats when we first got him. The cats did not like him, unfortunately. that The cat food definitely made him sick. Mm-hmm. And that was completely unintentional. But, yeah, he got into cat food. <laughs> and how was he with the cats he was totally fine with the cats he liked the cats the cats did not like him unfortunately (laughs) so hopefully no vet vet visits coming out of that no thank goodness no no but we did have to rehome both of the cats as a result of it because they just could not one of them started acting out behaviorally um, like destroying things and urinating on, you know, stuff in the house. And then the other one started attacking anyone, mm. including me. Yeah, it was really unfortunate, but they both got better homes as a result of it. So okay. it ended up working out, but it was hard for sure. Mm-hmm. Desi, what's his favorite treats? He really likes bacon. It's in very small quantities. We don't give them a whole lot of the processed food treats. A lot of that is because uh, they tend to make Daisy really sick, the other dog. And I can't give it to one and not give it to the other, of course. They're high maintenance like that. Um, (laughs) Let's see. If it's green, he doesn't like it. No broccoli, no spinach, nothing like that. He won't go for it. But... Carrots, apples, cheese, yogurt. He really likes apples. I think those are pretty much his jam. 
One time he ate a pit of a nectarine. Of course, unintentionally, it slipped out of my husband's hand and he just chomped it right up. And that was a vet visit because I was concerned that if he tried to pass it, it would, you know, like rip up his body Mm -hmm. coming out. So that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, he really likes like fresh fruit. That's his jam. Okay. Banana. He loves banana. So what happened with the pit? (laughs) I had to. Well, it kind of goes back. I told you, it, sometimes he's been an idiot. He's a cute idiot, but nonetheless. So he broke his toe, showing off for his friend, who's a great Dane, and they were playing fetch, and he broke his toe. And he was in a cast up to his elbow for a few weeks. That got healed, and we were like, okay, well, cast off, let's take you swimming. Took him swimming literally the first time. First fun thing we got to do post broken toe and he aspirated water into his lungs and gave himself dry pneumonia and ended up in an oxygen tank overnight because he almost died. That was fun. And then we got done with that. And my husband was sitting on the couch one day eating a nectarine or I think it was a nectarine or one of those um, rock stone fruits. Mm-hmm. And the pit slipped out of his hand and Sully jumped midair, caught it in his mouth and swallowed it. Mm. So back to the emergency vet we went to give him because I was concerned he wouldn't be able to safely pass it. And what the vet had told me was that there's no rhyme or reason as to why they're able to pass it. And I didn't want something worse to happen to him. So I was like, let's err on the side of caution and just get this out of your body. So we went back to the emergency vet who at that point knew us by name because of the other incidences. (laughs) And they gave him a shot and he threw it up. Okay. (laughs) Came out 15 minutes later, like I'm great. I was so embarrassed. And then the vet was like, do you want to see it? And I was like, I'm good. I don't know why you say that. I believe you. I trust that he took care, that you took care of this for us. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Got to get up to a little bit of mischief every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lately, nothing. He hasn't gotten into anything weird lately. Knock on wood. <laughs> Uh, he's becoming a, a more of a gentleman in that sort of like stage of life now. Hopefully. <laughs> Here's to hoping. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other sort of uh, interesting things coming to mind? No, he likes to dress up. So I think the pictures that I sent to you of him, he's wearing glasses. He likes that look. He says it makes him feel smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can literally dress him up for anything. Um, he'll wear my daughter's tiaras. It's very regular that I will like come out of a meeting and come downstairs and he's got something on and he doesn't get mad about it or fight about it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Lately, he's becoming a lot more affectionate, I've noticed. He And it's really cute. Of course, he knows how to manipulate me for everything. So he likes to bury his head into me and get love, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm totally here for it. He knows it. <laughs> no, he's a good dog. We got very, very lucky with him. Oh, nice. How was he just going back a little bit after the birth of your daughter? 
the and the change in family dynamic then? Um, it was really interesting when I was in labor with her because I I did a lot of the labor at our house. He was extremely protective of me, and he stayed in the room with me the whole time. He wouldn't leave. Uh, and then when I came home from the hospital, he you know we had gone through like the classes on how to introduce your dog to a baby. Mm-hmm. So he had one of her blankets that my mom brought to the house for him to smell that smelled like her. And, um, you know, the dog trainer that we worked with, like went through how to introduce my daughter to him and stuff. And he did not care about her at first. He was much more interested in me and how I smelled and what was going on with me. Um, I had an emergency C-section with my daughter and I remember him, I sat on the ground and he went right up to the incision and like laid with me and, and made me like pet him and talk to him and stuff. And then as she started getting older, (laughs) it first was every time she cried, he would try to run outside, which I get because, you know, big ears, good hearing. It probably drove him crazy. And then it was when she got to the age where she was like rolling over every baby that he had, he would give to her. If she was like on the ground, he would come up and like lay his baby on her. Or if we had her like in her little bassinet thing, but up by us on the couch, he would jump up onto the couch, lay by her and then put his baby into whatever she was in. So when you say his baby. Oh, like whatever stuffed toy he hadn't killed. (laughs) 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 You know, the one with the squeaky, that's Mm. always... He would just always give that to her. Ah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good with kids. (laughs) Thank you very, very much for sharing the life of Sully. He's an awesome dog. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate I love to just talk about him all day long, so I love it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One day you'll come back and it'll be a part two. (laughs) Yeah, I would love that. Hey, we can talk about Crazy Daisy. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Anytime. I'm happy to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much again for taking the time out for having a chat. Take care. Thanks. You too. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, you could do me a favor and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And as per usual, why not tell a friend? Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.